Hello, everybody. It's He Yang. Roundtable is thrilled to launch the UniTalk Challenge: Rising Stars of Roundtable. If you like the show and enjoy our discussions, why not take the stage yourself? Calling all university students, both undergraduates and postgrads, to engage in an English discussion on a topic that ignites your passion. Record your discussion, which consists more than one person, and send it to us at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. You could be the next rising star of Roundtable. An incredible opportunity awaits, so seize the moment. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, He Yang. I'm joined by Xingyu in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Coming up, 2023 has been a total blast for the art scene in China. We're talking about global performances landing right on our doorstep and our homegrown talents strutting their stuff on the international stage. It's like the ultimate arts extravaganza, and we're all invited. In what ways have these cultural exchanges become instrumental? In strengthening the bonds between China and other countries, and we share with you what's brought us sheer joy this week. Join us for a dose of positivity, laughter, and all things that make our hearts sing in Roundtable's Happy Place. And life happens. We get it. Miss the juicy bits on air? No worries. Dive into the Roundtable China podcast for all the laughs and insights. Find us on your favorite podcast platform and let the fun catch up with you. Roundtable is your place for thoughtful and meaningful conversations, and we want to know what's buzzing in your thoughts. Got questions on social issues that keep you up at night, business mysteries you're itching to unravel, or perhaps the latest in tech that's blowing your mind? Don't be shy. Drop us an email or voice memo at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. Let's turn your thoughts. Into on-air magic, and that's our heart-to-heart segment. Now let's move on to the next topic of discussion today. This year, China's cultural landscape has been enriched by a global symphony of artistic brilliance, from mesmerizing operas to soul-stirring concerts and awe-inspiring dance performances. An array of performances has not only captivated the hearts of Chinese audiences, but also has become a powerful catalyst for cross-cultural connections. So let's explore some notable instances of international performing arts great. China's stage recently. Yeah,、um, this year we have seen a huge number of foreign artists perform in China. Some visited China before and have returned to the Chinese stages, and some made their debut. I'll just list few examples here. So most recently we had the Eiffel Ballet of Saint Petersburg, which is、uh, globally known among ballet lovers.、Um, in November, the troupe brought two works to Chinese cities,、um, including Shanghai. Beijing and Suzhou. So these two works are Eugene Onegin and Anna Karenina, and it marks the seventh time that the troupe came to Beijing, and the last time was before the pandemic in 2019. And apart from this, we also had The Sound of Music, which is one of the highest-grossing musicals of all time.、Mm-hmm. 
And the production is also traveling to six Chinese cities、um, such as Tianjin, Shanghai, and Chengdu during its 30-week tour from December. Especially, it's the winter season. So personally, I have also been wanting to see this musical myself、um, to hear the Edelweiss. <laughs> <laughs> and apart from these, we also have in December the original French musical concert version of La Masse premiered in Beijing, and also the British TNT. Theater Oliver Twist and the award-winning musical Matilda by Royal Shakespeare Company, Irish production Riverdance, and London West End musical Once. So the list just goes on and on. There are so many amazing productions here in China, and the performances of these foreign troops have been. Quite well received in the Chinese market, and、uh, many say they have contributed to a rebounding performing arts industry in China. Oh yes, since the pandemic, isn't、yeah. this what we are dying? <laughs> we have been dying to see, and this is、yes. absolutely fabulous. You see, these are like the crown jewels of each、uh, respective. Arts genre、mm. of the best shows that are being performed here, and Josh, you're a musician yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you share this excitement of seeing so many different shows and performances? You know, with a few clicks on your smartphone, and you can get tickets. And oh, well, actually, good luck in getting the tickets because <laughs> the tickets are really in hot demand these days. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's really important for China's music and art scene in general. I think that it's important for every country to to have this happening. And obviously,、um, during the pandemic, it was extremely difficult. And now things are starting to pick back up. It's still taking a bit of time for this to pick back up. It seems to be doing so.、Mm-hmm. And I th- I think that it's it's brilliant. It it's going to strengthen the industry massively. Yeah, and so many people. I mean, those who've been working in the industry were pretty much out of jobs for. The duration of the pandemic, so it's really、yeah. great to see that、um, people can find gigs and get paid, and、uh, also to perfect their craft continuously through these performances. And one thing kind of stood out to me, of course, the sound of music. I know it's a favorite <laughs> for a lot of people. Just so many good songs, and also、yeah. that movie starring、uh, Julie Andrews and、mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember the names of the Van Trapp kids, but it <laughs> is just such a great movie. A feel-good movie you can just check out anytime during the year. But you mentioned La Mezzarabs, and I'm surprised to see, and also I'm really glad to see that the French version is coming. Yes, to Beijing because、yeah. we're probably more familiar with the English version. Some of our listeners might not know that、uh, originally this musical was in French and、mm. not English. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think that's another. Actually, it is an interesting talking point because I think, of course, we're talking about cultural exchange here, and I think that what a lot of musicals and more theatrical performances, classical music, operas,、um, stage dramas, things like this, a lot of them, as opposed to say movies as an export, as a as an artistic medium that's exported from another country. These performances do more often tend to maintain their native language. I mean, it's not always, of course, but I think that a lot of them do tend to bring quite a lot of that culture with them, and I think that that's really beautiful, you know, and and also a really great way to foster better understanding and empathy between different cultures, right? So it's not just Les Mis, right? It's opera, for example, is often sung in Italian. You get subtitles in China as well, right? A, yes, a lot of we do. Yeah.、Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and so that means that the performance can be done 
in the native language a lot of the time yes um as well so you get an opportunity to hear it being sung or spoken in that native language which a lot of purists may argue that <laughs> that is how it's quote unquote supposed to be performed mm. right i'm not particularly a purist in that respect <laughs> uh, there's definitely something positive and interesting about it yeah the purist will say i'll only listen to french not in english <laughs> and uh but come on you know sometimes uh, i probably can't speak french <laughs> Yeah. Um, so we're seeing there have been a lot of exchange between China and international artists. And this is unleashing uh, enormous potential of the Chinese performing arts market. And what do the figures and numbers say about China's performing arts market now? Yeah, um, Tongcheng Travel and the China Association of Performing Arts recently released this report. It says that in the first three quarters of this year, the number of tickets sold for various performances in China reached 111 million. And that number surpassed the whole year level of 2019. So mm. That's the pre-pandemic level. And also during this period, we had uh, over 300,000 commercial performances nationwide. Um, it also marked a year-on-year -year increase of over 270%. Meanwhile, we're seeing many youngsters there traveling to other cities to watch these performances. And cities like Beijing, Xi'an, Chengdu, Suzhou, and Changsha, they're among the most popular cities. Oh, yes. Mm. And we've talked about uh, all kinds of pop concerts, oh, yeah. which have been very <laughs> popular. Good luck getting a ticket. Uh, yes, that's been popular in China mm. for more than a year since the rebound um, after the pandemic. And um, it, it's becoming something increasingly normalized and commonplace for mm. the younger generations of Chinese people to just hop on a high-speed rail train maybe Friday night, head to a different city, watch the concert, contribute to the local economy by <laughs> staying there for one day at night. Mm. And then after watching that concert, after, you know, singing your heart out and disturb everybody around you, have a great time, hop back on the high-speed rail train and just head home and go to work on Monday. So... <laughs> And and this is increasingly common for people. Um, can you say this is part of the lifestyle? But certainly it's more in this uh, young person's psyche that this is living it up. This is pandering yourself a little bit. And this is enjoying life. And I can't say no to that. Who can say <laughs> no to that, right? And we're also seeing that uh, Chinese artists are performing on international stages as well. So, you know, it's a two-way street. Mm. Josh, what are some of the um, performances that you find to stand out when it comes to Chinese homegrown artists performing internationally? Okay, great question, Heyang. Um, so yeah, there are some quite famous examples of Chinese artists performing on foreign stages. And one of them is the Hunan Circus Troupe, which is based in Changsha in Hunan. And this has been touring in Spain since July 2023, this year. Um, this circus troupe is scheduled to perform the original acrobat drama Dream Journey uh, more than 140 times in nearly 50 cities until December, which is quite incredible. And according to the Hunan news outlet rednet.cn, the troupe has performed more than 800 shows overseas. So not just in Spain, but also in the US, Canada and Finland to a combined audience of over one 
million people traveling to more than 300 cities in over 20 countries in the past years. Pretty amazing. And similarly, more acrobats, um, the Dalian Acrobat Troop based in Dalian in northeast uh, China's northeastern Liaoning province in November embarked on a three-month European tour in countries like France, Switzerland, and Belgium, featuring no less than 70 performances. They were also collaborating with French performance company, and they produced a sports-themed acrobat show, which really sounds like my kind of thing, highlighting the troupe's masterpieces, including Meteor, which won the gold medal at the 40th World mm -hmm. Festival of the Circus of Tomorrow in Paris in 2019. Very impressive. Yeah, very impressive indeed. And also, I am also um, particularly happy to see the collaboration between Chinese and foreign artists. Mm -hmm. I remember a few years ago, I went to watch the Croatian pianist called Maxim Mervica. Wow, he's really popular <laughs> in China. He's really popular. And a few years ago, he had this tour in China. And I went to uh, one of his concerts at the, at the Great Hall of the People. And that was sensational. And what impressed me the most is that he collaborated with a Chinese pipa player. Oh. So for those who don't know, the pipa is a traditional like four-stringed lute and they collaborate together and I think it really left a big impression on many Chinese audiences to to witness the unique collaboration and innovation put into this work. So that's that's amazing. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it, it is. It really is. And actually, uh, Maxim is also touring Chinese cities right, right now. now. Yes. No wonder. So I saw that in my feed this morning. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yes. And especially when you see um, artists, whether um, it's Chinese artists going out or um, international artists coming into China to have something special planned mm, yeah. for your your audience and yeah. that's um, that's really exciting yes. and putting special effort into it I think really would energize the crowd and also these are innovation mm. in the art uh, field and that's great to see um well since we're sharing our personal experiences in this field um <laughs> a few weeks ago i might have shared in my happy place um going to see the american ballet theater on stage at the national center for the performing arts mm. in november and this is a fantastic venue if you go for the first time i would strongly advise you and recommend you to go at least an hour early just to have a grand tour inside <laughs> the venue because mm. there are there's the theater there's the opera theater yeah. there's the uh, uh orchestra hall there's the uh opera house the uh exterior and interior um designs are just fantastic and get a coffee get a lot of selfies it's worth it <laughs> and to see the american ballet theater perform on stage um which is it was um, a record in history that they brought 10 of their principal dancers to Beijing. Wow. And they performed for almost a whole week in Beijing after their um, performance in Shanghai. Mm. And it really created the buzz and 
folks were really excited and my friends who got tickets for apparently a better night were just complete show-offs but <laughs> I was really happy to see Giselle uh, being performed by this dance troupe and also the Philadelphia Orchestra performed yeah. in China in November as well on its 50th anniversary of its ice-breaking trip in 1973 mm-hmm. so these were you know also um, marvels of uh, performances that the Chinese audience could enjoy at our doorsteps. And this is just a fantastic experience. All of this cultural exchange, it happens organically. And at the same time, sometimes it needs a little bit of a push of policy support, of support from different individuals and um and organizations to make it happen. So what have you found in the efforts of different entities coming into place as the stars align to make it happen? Yeah, um, on a policy level, I think China has also taken measures to open up more to foreign artists. Uh, From this March, the culture and tourism administrative departments are across China resumed to accepting and approving commercial performances from overseas. And it also further streamlines the, the approval process for foreign performance groups. So the new policy allows these troops to complete the approval process outside China, which usually takes around 20 working days. So that's uh, that can be much more convenient than previous years. Mm-hmm. And also in November, the World Association for Performing Arts was established in Beijing. And the organization was joined by 30 art organizations from 19 countries. And this was initially proposed by the National Center for the Performing Arts in 2019 to to establish an exchange and cooperation mechanism for international performing arts organizations. And in recent years, these member organizations have been involved in collaborative projects in the fields such as art creation, art popularization, exchange visits, and international forums. So we can see that efforts have been uh, made to promote mutual learning and also people-to-people exchanges. Yes, and we can't stress enough how important it is to have these kind of communications and ties in this world today. Um, Josh, share with us what your thoughts are, particular at this point in history, having these kind of uh, communication channels of cultural exchange and shall I say mutual appreciation. Well, yeah, I think it's very powerful and it can often, you know, be, be an important mechanism to aid diplomacy. It can even go that far, you know, um, promoting positive perceptions and just promoting understanding and empathy. I think by showcasing something like this, um, like a musical performance or whether it's to do with acrobatics or music or art in general, I think that showcasing all of this culture and talent of one country to another really helps create a positive impressions. And I think that this really can enhance cultural diplomacy and soft power, but also it can sort of, you know, segue into real di- diplomacy sometimes. And I mm-hmm. think we've seen real examples of that. And also not to mention the economic ties that come with it. Cultural exchanges aren't just about showcasing these things, you know, these very successful circus troops that we mentioned, they're also supporting economic ties, right? Um, They need to have work visas. They need to uh, have a salary. They need to be, um, you know, I I presume if 
set up in so many different theaters and things like this. And I think that this exposure for foreign performers can really not only draw attention to a country, but it can start to generate income and mutual income, um, which then can uh, make it possible for future um, performers and workers to come to that country, for example. Yes. And, and also, I feel when it's the top-notch international talent coming to your country, mm -hmm. um, be it China or elsewhere, um, for the local people and, of course, practitioners in the industry, as well as, you know, kids, young people, mm -hmm. and those who have appreciation of art or are longing for something bigger than the mundane everyday life. It's huge. It's inspiring. And yeah. you don't know what kind of seeds of dreams that is sold, that is planted in these hearts of people. Mm -hmm. So I think there's definitely um, multiple levels of influence and impact that art can have when it travels to different countries. Mm. Yes, and in a world often we feel might be marked by differences, cultural and arts exchanges act as ambassadors of harmony and unity. And these exchanges are contributing to a shared experience where people from various backgrounds can find common ground through the universal language of art. Mm. And it transcends geopolitical boundaries, fostering a sense of a shared humanity and a celebration of the myriad ways people express themselves creatively. And this shared cultural experience promotes unity and builds bridges across diverse communities. And we love. You're listening to Roundtable. Coming up next, welcome to Roundtable's Happy Place. Delivery. 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 What is it? Happiness from Round Table. Already, I have a big smile on my face. Xingyu, what's made you happy this week? Okay. Um, my happy place is actually a book that I have been reading recently. It's called A New Earth, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose, written by Eckhart Tolle, a German-born spiritual teacher and best-selling author who explores topics like the ego, presence, and consciousness. And he gained widespread recognition with its earlier book called The Power of Now. And there's uh, actually a bit of story behind this book. I got it from a friend of mine who moved to a new apartment. The other day, he invited me to his place and showed off his bookshelf. And he said he liked to give me one of these good reads as a gift. Ah. And you know, how weird. <laughs> I, I Generous. Mean, I, I mean, how kind. Yeah. <laughs> and I randomly picked one from the shelf. And actually, it's a new book that he had bought, but he didn't have time to read. And by judging by the book cover, and I figured I might like this book. <laughs> yeah, so that's how I got the book. And Actually, it's not, not like a novel that would lure me to turn to the next page and get to the ending. Rather, it's for me, it's not an easy read. It's very deep and it takes time to process and digest the content. And um, I cannot say I fully understand it by first reading, but I would really definitely read it again sometime later because it's such a great book and it has already made some impact on my life. Mm. So basically, it's a guidebook that teaches readers how to live in the present moment and find inner peace. And the biggest transformation for me is that I used to be 
that kind of person who would hold on to the past events and replay them over and over again in my head, overthinking. And you may also have feeling of experiencing something that's annoying, something that's hurtful. And then instead of letting this issue go, you just turn it over in your head until there's no room in your mind. You know, and in this book, the author addresses the, this compulsive thinking, and it says most of us are completely identified with our mind, our thoughts, sensations, and emotions, and we constantly revisit this unproductive thought loops and live in our heads, and we rarely enter the present moment and experience the abundant life that's right in front of us. So through this book, I really get to know better the significance of being and presence, and I start to let go of these thoughts, and I feel less overwhelmed in the past, and also feel less anxious about my future. So that's one of the reasons I really uh, want to recommend this book. And I, lastly, I want to share one of these quotes、uh, from this book. It says, "quote unquote, life will give you whatever experience is most helpful for the evolution of your consciousness." Yeah, that's it. That's beautiful. What is the title of the book again? A New Earth: Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. Wow,、mm. and I'm still hung up on the previous book, The Power of, of Now. Now. Yes. Yeah. What is it about us? A, a lot of Chinese people. I, I think maybe we are so overwhelmed、mm. by the purpose and the urgency, and sometimes it feels like a dark cloud of planning ahead that we forgot to live in the moment、yes. and really enjoy what's happening now, right in front of our eyes. And that's just crazy when you think about it. But it's it's what we do, and that's、mm. why you turn to a self help book to find some <laughs> inspiration. Hey, don't laugh. I'm doing. The same, you know.、So、we're laughing together, I suppose. Yeah. So, yeah, Josh, I can't really tell by reading your face. Are you the living in the now kind of guy, or are you planning ahead kind of guy? Or maybe we see both in one man.、Um, do you have some thoughts about this? Because I think this is a really interesting philosophical and potentially with positivity something that people can contemplate、yeah. on. Absolutely, I think I really struggle to live in the moment.、Oh, I, I I don't know. Be my guest. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I、uh, I don't think that I do it enough, and I do try to be conscious of it. I try to be conscious of the present moment, and I think that that really is a goal for so many people. And it's it's so difficult、uh, in in this day and age,、mm-hmm. especially because we're so easily distracted by so many things that make us think about the past or the future and give us anxiety, but. Being able to be present in the moment is is definitely something I think many of us can work on.、Mm. Um, it's hard though when you know you're trying to climb up the ladder in your career, or、um, you know you're moving around a lot and、um, things like this, which is what I'm doing as an expat living in China. So、um, yeah, I struggle with it to be honest. Yeah, and we're struggling together,、yes. really. But it's. Great to be reminded that the present moment is the only moment available to us, and it is the door to all moments. But also, He Yang, being you know the dramatic person she is,、um, I'm not. I'm not actually asking you to throw everything into the wind and 
take a major dive in whatever you do. I, I think maybe with a little bit of caution, one can do it. It's a delicate balance. We've mentioned this in the first topic of discussion today, but I really want to share with you another quote by David Henry Throw. Living in the present, launch yourself on every wave. Find eternity in each moment. Fools stand on their island of opportunities and look toward another land. There's no other land. There is no other life but this. But also, this is possibly highlighting the idea of living in the present while recognizing the opportunities and richness that each moment holds. It encourages us to embrace the waves of life, finding fulfillment in the now while dispelling the illusion of a distant, separate future. So it's still about taking the action now and, um, you know, possibly put the safe belt on, but let's launch into something that is beautiful, that is encouraging and fulfilling and making that my happy place as well. Thank you so much, Josh Cotterell and Xingyu for joining the discussion. I'm He Young. Have a beautiful day. We'll see you next time.